0: Welcome back to Against the Clock. First off, I just want to thank each and every one of you who's tuning into this episode with William Ball and those who have listened to episodes in the past. Uh, It definitely is something that had been on my heart for a while, helping people, um, getting information out to people that want to improve themselves or just hear about what's going on in today's world. Um, So thank you very much, Uh, In this episode, William and I talk a lot about his family, how he got started um, with barrels pole bending. Um, You'll see that it's kind of a family affair for them, what his mindset is between barrels and poles, how he works and prepares horses for shows, and literally so much more. This episode is very interesting. Something that William said that has stuck with me is he tends to train like It's a puzzle, um, which I've never really thought of it like that. So um, without further ado, uh, let's just go ahead and get to the episode. I hope that you guys learn a lot. It's a little bit of a different way of thinking that's very interesting and refreshing for me. So um, I hope you all enjoy. Thanks.
1: Are you ready? Yeah.
0: I'm ready if you're ready.
1: Okay. Well, I don't remember not riding. Um, uh, I grew up, I've grown up on a farm. My family has, uh, 550 acres and we've always had horses and quite a few always. And right off of the bat, I had, uh, ponies and my mom, she's always, um, you know, tried to do this kind of as a, as a job. It probably started off as a <clears throat> as a side job. And so, yeah, so I don't know any different. I've just ridden my whole life.
0: Mhm. okay so like take us back to the first pony that you remember what was it well saying?
1: i had a i had a little shetland pony and he was mm. uh he yeah. was pretty mean he he would uh run me through bushes and stuff and drag me off uh run into trees and stuff and and we'd we would be in the back part of our farm and he'd rub me off on a tree and end up back at the barn and i'd have a walk back and Stuff like, that. stuff like that he dumped me quite a few times, but um when I was uh, about eight or so, <clears throat> I got a really good pony she was uh, she would mm-hmm. she would trot, but she was a walking pony, uh, probably half probably half walking horse, and she was a little okay. palomino, and she would gait really well and everything and but she ended up being a really really awesome little pony ended up running some 20 second poles on her. I think the fastest pole run i ever ran on her was a 20.4 so she was really really nice little pony and uh-huh. um so i rode her for for a while because i was small i was a pretty so, small kid you, so I, I rode her till i was probably 13 or so
0: so is she the one because it's very unique your situation mm-hmm. not situation but your your riding style you excel both at barrels and mm-hmm. poles, and like for me i've right. always. Considered you to be separate, so was she
1: the one that really started <clears throat> for you? Well, like, I I, I guess so. Um, I I guess so. I you know we just in my area in Kentucky, it just everybody does both, and uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so I, I don't know. I I don't really think much about really them being separate. I, I they're just kind of barrels and poles, you know. I don't know. Everybody does it, and um. So yeah, every horse I've ever had really does both.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, later I'm gonna ask you about like how you pick out your horses and everything. But I wanted to touch on this (laughs) stuff with your your mom. So riding Mm -hmm. like from the outside looking in seems like a very large family affair for you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, your brother does it, your mom does it, everybody goes with you guys. So how does that work out when you guys all go to shows together?
1: Right. Well, I'll I'll start off. Both of my grandparents. Or my grandfather's both my grandfathers uh, did it and that's kind of how we got started so it has it <clears throat> been completely in my family i've had two aunts do it and uh but mm-hmm. yeah for sure so my mom uh, our business is my mom and then now my brother who's 19 and he, when he graduated high school he started helping us and he's been a big help and so yeah mm-hmm. we just you know we kind of split them up at home on who can do good on what horse and and then, uh you know if somebody's got one that can go to a show and look good, then you know you that's who that's the horses they get to go and mm-hmm. um, so yeah
0: Could you guys, do you guys just take like one trailer or do well, you take
1: multiple, we've we've like, got two five that... we've got two five horses, and it's pretty pretty common that both of those get go we may not take yeah, ten I mean. we may not take ten, but we may take you know eight or so which is a job that's plenty of work
0: amen uh when i was at brandon and emily's we were just down to his or emily's six horse because his eight horse was getting fixed so we would have to take like five or four down to the show we were going to the night before and then we'd take another six up the next day so it definitely helps having two rigs yeah Um, I remember, so I did a little bit of research on you before this and you did an mm-hmm. article for the girl horse world when you were 16 and uh, mm. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty adorable. Your answer. <laughs> um, you did some yeah, digging there. I did a lot of, I, I prepare for these things, but um, okay. you know, really like kind of hinting at the girls versus the boys being in there. Like, has mm. that changed for you? Like your perspective on it? Or is it just the same?
1: Uh, What, um, is it being like girl dominated or whatever?
0: Yeah, like they they were hunting on that and like how you felt about it. Like basically along those lines.
1: Well, um, I mean, I don't, I don't mind that there's more, you know, women that do it. It's, it's not a a big deal. I, I think probably girls, you know, uh, horses appeal to women more than men. Uh, you know my my thing about what I do is I just I grew up doing it and I I love it and I've always enjoyed it can you
0: um how did you did you always know you wanted to be a horse trainer
1: no for sure not um you know like like, so we've always had horses. I've always loved horses Mm -hmm. I really thought I was just going I really thought I was just going to farm um like, like I said, we have 550 and acres and like right now we've got 270 head of cattle mm. and, you know, I'm and I'm still doing that. Um, but I always thought, you know, that was the way I should go. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, as far as a business, that's consistent money. You mm. know, it's not a whole lot of money, but you know, you know, when it's coming and, and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and my, my granddad is who I who I farm with and, you know, he's, uh, he's 80 years old and he's been doing it his whole life.
2: Oh, and to. and
1: so, yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, so, you know, that was always the route I kind of thought I would take, but I always rode horses mm-hmm. and, you know, as I got older, uh, I had a good horse and so I was going to shows and, and people were hearing my name getting called and so I would get a few horses here and there to break, you know, is how it started out, you know, breaking colts and it just, you know, I I just kept getting more and more and started charging a little more, you know, to ride horses. And so, you know, it, that's how the, the, and my mom had ridden horses too. We've always had um, horses for other people, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe just one or two when we were starting out, you know, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you just, it's hard to turn down money, you know, and it's pretty fun. So
0: yeah, well, I mean, like, that was the fun part of it, about being out there. Is I normally just have my like one good horse red, like, I never got mm-hmm. to do anything else. So, going out mm-hmm. there and jumping on like the Dash the Fame, the Eddie Simpson, mm-hmm. um, they had a French streak and dress, like, they had a lot of different things that I would have never got the chance to ride otherwise. So, um, right. I mean, have you found one And the you- more? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, the more you ride, you know, the more, the different ones you ride all the time, mm-hmm. uh, the better you get. That's right.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's you, what I'm you just
1: learn so much from riding yeah. all the time. You know, you just learn so much. Yeah.
0: So like, you know, I went out there with them. Has your mom been your mentor like throughout most of this time or have you had like other people that have helped?
1: For sure. My mom, she's been the, the biggest mentor and coach. She's an awesome coach. And uh I probably wasn't the best student all the time, but you know, she stayed on me pretty good, but um uh, she's a really good rider.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know why she never won as much as she did. I, I think a lot of times she would, you know, when I was a kid, she would give me the good horse, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. And um uh, but definitely she's really good. She's got a a really good way of, you know, training, she's really patient with them and can really make them easy to ride and uh so you know seeing that every day and then obviously I'm hearing her in my ear all the time you know you know maybe you should do this or back off that horse or whatever kind of thing and um but also yeah for sure like uh going to horse shows and and watching people win especially locally you know um I definitely watched people and and tried to use some of the techniques I was seeing other people use, you know, and trying to be good like, like them, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Yeah. So you, you can learn from everybody. I mean, even, even somebody that's not say winning all the time. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, you guys stay open-minded, you may not, they may not even be trying to suggest something to you. They just may just happen to say something, but you're like, you know what, that might work for me. And, there's been that's happened a few times to me, and it and it's really changed the way I think about some things.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it takes it takes a village to get anything done, mm-hmm. it seems like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, you can just you, anybody can help you, you know. It
0: she wanted to know what is your favorite part about being a horse trainer right now?
1: Favorite part of it? Well, you're your own boss, and that's pretty nice, you know. Nice. Um, yeah. Um It it's a really good job, you know. It's a lot of people's dream job, I think. You you've got to work hard physically, you know.
2: Um
1: mm-hmm. uh, but I love the w- what really gets me going is the competition and and I love that, you know, I'm not the only one out here trying. You know, there's a lot of good people that know what they're doing and they're trying to figure it out and they've got nice horses and you know, I'm at home putting, you know, the time and the effort into it and working my butt off and I come to a horse show, you know, and we're all trying to to win. And um I think that's awesome that we can do that. You know, that's my job is to work my butt off at home and and then try to come to a horse show and win money, you know, and um people have faith in me, you know, that they that I can get something out of their horse and uh They enjoy watching me run their horse, you know, and it's a, it's a pretty good job, but you do got to work hard at it and you got to stay on top of it. You can't get relaxed at any time because there's all, there's always other people out there, you know, that may be more talented than you or working harder than you. And, and they're going to go, they're going to get, you know, your clients or, or they're going to be the ones winning. and, Mm -hmm. And I love that about our sport. You know, I think it's awesome you're running against the clock, you know, so it's not a judge. You can't pay the judge. It's just who who can go in there and figure out how to go around the barrels or the poles the fastest, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, which, so which one do you prefer? Well, you said that you guys have always done both. It's not separate for you. So you probably mm-hmm. think of it as just, just easy like for me that it's separate like Ohio we don't have very many pole bending classes if we do maybe there's 15 people in it but I know like down there it is right. a huge deal kind of like right. I interviewed Jimmy and you know we talked about flags right. that's also a big deal like in the Indiana area maybe mm-hmm. the city too. so it's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to me how different regions have like that niche thing that they're really good at so can you, can you mm-hmm. talk about pole bending a little bit for us
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, so like at shows down there, you know, uh, down around us, uh, it can just be a one day show and we'll have 50 to 75 in the poll. So they're always worth doing and they will be added money on them. Um, you know, I, I. Um, yeah, so I, I don't really see them too much different because. The way I look at poles, I think, I think a lot of people look at six obstacles out there that are really easy to knock over. Mm-hmm. And that kind of is scary. You, you know, you're afraid to just like run through them because you, if you do touch one, they fall over, you know, and, and you're not going to get anything done if you knock, if you knock. So, um, my, my philosophy is really in the turns. If you have, the first two, the first end and your second end where you're going to come back into the weave. Mm-hmm. If you have two really nice ends and your horse finishes, then that's going to just set your timing up good for the weave.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, and, and it's not as hard as people make it out to be. Um, I, I think people, a lot of times are they're turning that first end and then they're just, they're, they're just scared of hitting the next pole. So you're picking them up, you know, exactly. and then you get by that one and you, and you look at the next one and you're scared of hitting it. So you pick your horse up off that one. Right. Um, I, I don't, be, I don't believe in picking them up off of, off of the poles. Anyway, I, I see people do that, you know, a huge percentage of the time. And, and I think, uh, not only are you slowing the horse down, but you're, you're hurting your timing. And, and that's just the whole my whole philosophy on the poles is, is your timing. And it just starts with your ends. And, uh, so when I'll go down there to, to that first end and something else I see people do, I, I think a lot of people go down too close
2: mm-hmm.
1: to the, to the poles when you're running down for that first mm-hmm. weave, you know, a, a lot of people, they may be three feet apart. I feel like that's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm for, I'm further than that. Okay. sometimes I may be 10 feet, 10 feet, 10 feet away from them or whatever. I, I want my horse to run really hard down there. And it's just like turning a barrel, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a horse, you know, or me, I teach mine to go to a pocket and I, I think that's pretty standard, you mm-hmm. know? Um, uh, and a, a horse has a really hard time turning something as tight as a, as a pole when it, when it only has two or three feet of pocket. Uh, one of two things is going to happen. Either the turn is going to be really slow; it's it's going to be more of a sticky snapback turn, which which I don't like. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a slow turn.
2: Right.
1: And then, or your horse just isn't going to turn it as good uh, because you didn't have much pocket. It, it may go two or three or four feet yeah. kind of behind it sideways, mm-hmm. and that just messes your timing up. So, uh, a way I just counter, you know, counter. that is I just I make a really big pocket and and to me if I have a big pocket I have room for error Uh, if if my horse does shut down too soon or it's running off or just whatever I can react and I'm not on top of that pole or barrel Mm -hmm. and so I can I can kind of fix it if I got a good pocket so uh, but so I run down there usually around probably around six feet I think is is where I would say I generally run down there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: um My horse I got now, Rhonda Dash. I, I really, I really roll her out there pretty far. Mm-hmm. She, she's probably ten foot often, but and um, and and they, and they can kind of really run into that turn. You know, I can really run them into that turn, and I and uh, they'll finish it really nice. And and that's that's my focus. Mm-hmm. So so when they really when they run down there and they turn it good, um, I want my horses to to really overturn it Mm -hmm. and, and so they run down there and they finish it and they overturn it. And when they get going straight, you know, I can feel that they've finished that turn good and they're going to, you know, fall into the weave nice. I'm all about forward motion. I I want them running. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even worried about those weave poles. You know, I don't, I don't even think about them Mm -hmm. really even at home. I don't work them off of them much. It's it's all about moving forward. Um, if if you're trying to go side to side mm-hmm. all the time, uh, in my opinion, you're messing your timing up, and it's slow. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I'm wanting to win here. Straight line's the fastest way to get down there to the to the next end pole. And so I'm really wanting them to run hard, pretty straight. And, uh, and, and if I do come across a pole, say in the middle of the weave there that I think I may hit, I've got, I've got two options. I can do what most people do. I feel like, and that's pick the horse up off of the pole mm-hmm. that, that slows you down and it messes your timing up. And I, and I have just almost drilled it into my, myself just to not do it. A lot of times I knock like in that situation, right. but what, what I want to do I, I will almost refuse to pick the horse up off that pole and I will just shove it as hard as I can straight forward. Uh-huh. Um, y- your, your, your options are go away from the pole, which is slow or run straight forward and try to squeeze by it. Uh-huh. And, and uh, if you, and that's the faster way, uh-huh. you know, to go forward and, and, uh, and it'll keep your timing good too.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so a lot of times I get, I'll get too far forward a lot of times doing it, but, and I may use a little bit of outside rain. That's what I was
0: going to do that. Ask, you know, it was I'm, about the outside rain and the outside rain. And I have just, not,
1: yeah. um,
0: what's the word I want to use? Renown yeah,
1: it. absolutely. Well, I'm, I, I am not opposed to using outside rain <laughs> being in Kentucky. We got a move named after us, you know, like the Louisville sling oh. where you really pull their head away and they just kind of sling into it. Yeah. But I, I don't believe in that, but. Just like uh, holding it
0: a little bit.
1: Right. Exactly. Hold them straight. You know, um, their, their nose don't come out away from the barrel or the pole or whatever. I just, I, I really like them, especially in poles. If you want them straight running through there. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, so absolutely. I may use my outside hand to hold them out or whatever. And, uh, but I, I really don't get them I, I, at home. You know, I'm just drilling them, move forward. And then when I ride them in the weave, I'm just, really really thinking forward um and you gotta you gotta teach your horses that i can't jump on a horse that that wants to zigzag and ride it like i want mm-hmm. or, you know they don't understand what i'm asking
2: right
0: so uh, do you ever take them in for like peanuts for people that want them and like if so how, how do you go about
2: uh, talking to them? i mean I, I have before yeah
1: right i have before um mostly what we do though is we're we're starting and training colts nowadays that's kind of what we've got gotten to um but absolutely i mean i'm not opposed to it at all um on tuning them i i think i could probably you know i have a really different way of thinking of poles i think so mm-hmm. it's for me to tune on a, on a horse i probably need to give or me or my mom my mom's really good at giving lessons or whatever uh, give them a lesson on what what we're doing because you know, like I said, I, I think I'm just moving them forward so much. It's, it's almost hard to understand. Mm-hmm. I think for some people, because, because you're just, you're, you're scared of getting clean, but you, you can't, you, you when you're running 19s, you're going through there really fast yeah. and it, it doesn't take much to clip one. And so you can't be scared of knocking, you know, uh, when I, I used to think that when I had that maybe noble horse, she was so fast, and I was probably behind part of the time. you know if I could run fifty percent of the time, fifty percent be clean, I'd be satisfied, you know, obviously, I wanted to be clean every time, but um, she was so fast going through there so fast, if I could just get fifty percent of the time, I'd be satisfied, but you can't go in there scared of knocking right. you know you gotta go for it and to run a nineteen
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh and you can you can have a really nice run, and your horse. Really be doing everything right, and you be doing right, and you just got a little too close to one and bumped one, and it don't take much, and they fall over, and it it's kind of frustrating. But that's just the nature of poles. It's the
0: game, one hundred percent. I mean, even with barrels, like I used to get so upset when I'd hit a barrel on red because it happens pretty often, and I should be better than that. But like you know, it just happens, and I feel like everybody needs to give themselves a little bit more grace that it does happen and it's okay. Everybody
1: absolutely. Absolutely, but
0: you did bring up Maybe Noble, and um, I wanted yep. Morgan and I both wanted to ask. Um, I didn't realize that you guys had a stud. I don't know if you still have them, but Noble, mm-hmm. ben, yeah, do you want to talk about him a little bit? Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Well, yes, um, he is a half sibling to the Maybe Noble. Okay. She was out of a thoroughbred mare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we could have a, a full sibling, but Maybe Noble's daddy was a was a halter horse. Oh in West Virginia and uh and he was kind of cowbred or whatever and then like her mama's a thoroughbred so it wasn't a bad cross but um uh, he she was one of his last foals okay. so we we ended up with with her mama um when maybe noble was four okay and we never got a chance to breed her back you know to maybe doc maybe noble's daddy yeah. um and uh, so we had to breed her around to local stuff. She was older mm-hmm. and we couldn't get her in full uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. artificially. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, Chuck Givens had Martha Sprinchman and um, Chuck lives real close to us and so that's who our stud's out of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um uh, and and I wrote him some. I tried to fatruity him as a four year old.
2: hmm.
1: And uh, he was just real lazy. Yeah, and he he just doesn't doesn't fire. I, I think it's got something to do with a stud. Mm-hmm. I've had studs like that. I don't I don't know why. He's really well behaved, and he and he does try in his turns. I just never could get him to fire for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he would always work nice. Um, so I ran him about half a year, and he and he you know would get in the two like the half off <clears throat> here and there every now and then. But that was on his better runs. And uh, so and we knew we wanted him as a stud versus something to show. Mm-hmm. So, we started breeding him, and then out of his first full crop, um, I've, I've just started showing him there four this year. Um, NF Bella Noble, I got sixth on in the juvenile uh, this past year at the BFA oh. on her. So, that's his first full crop. First baby. That's his first baby, and she got sixth in the juvenile at the BFA. So, we're really proud of her, and and uh, hopefully we got something, you know, in our stud. so... We'll so
0: um, are you, is he enrolled in any incentives? I know that the kiss is really big.
1: No. Are you guys going to... Right. No. We, I, I would love to have him in the incentives. I love the incentives, but um, we just don't breed enough mares, especially outside mares. We, we don't care, you know, to breed. We're not going to advertise him. Um, I hate making babies. I don't like... <laughs> The breeding part I don't like I don't like the raising them there it's aggravating Uh, but uh, you know we don't mind to do it for our we we have the stallion for ourselves we've bred a few outside mares to some friends and some really nice mares to to some of our friends which is great but I don't you know I don't want to be breeding you know 20 or 30 mares you know that would just that's just not what I want to do you know Myself, but uh but to have him in the in those it's incentives, uh we would need to be making some money off of some stud fees, mm-hmm. I think, or something like that. It's
0: so expensive. And
1: and we're not yeah.
0: so that Ruby Buckle man when I was out I, was, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I, I was like, Oh man, I gotta buy me one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um but so, yeah.
1: You know, Well so. I'll I'll piggyback off of like how I got to riding Maybe Noble. <laughs> uh, And kind of how I, how I really got, how I really got going. Mm So, so I had my, so I had my pony Mm -hmm. and uh, my mom bought me a a step up horse. Um, I didn't know it at the, at the time, but I was going to, a friend of ours had this um, old mare for sale and he needed a kid to ride it and get a video to, to um, advertise this mare. So we went to a little local arena down the road and I tried it. I was 13 years old and did reasonably well, but I was really intimidated of this horse because she was really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, but I did fine. I guess he got some good videos or whatever. We got home and my mom was like, uh, and asked me what I thought of this mare, And, uh, and I told her, you know, I wasn't crazy, I guess about her, but she's like, well, that's your horse. I bought, I bought her for you. <laughs> um, but anyway so fast forward I, I got comfortable with her really quick and and i i don't know what time of year we bought her but um i took her to the congress that year i was 13 and the mayor was 21 oh. and she and i won the two youth classes that i was in that year i got third in senior polls. i ran a 197
2: wow. and i'm
1: i'm 13 years old and she's 21 and two of her babies also got in the top ten um uh, I think one got around fifth another one of her babies ran a nineteen and and I think got fifth and then there was another baby that ran like a twenty 0 or twenty point one and got in the top ten. I don't remember quite and uh and then I got like eighth in uh one of the youth classes and and that was the first time I ever went to congress wow you know and i'm I'm a thirteen year old kid and i just I thought Congress was easy oh, yeah. you know. Uh, after that you know wow. i got spoiled real fast but she was awesome and uh that that was my first step up horse mm-hmm. that horse you know showed me um how fun it was to really win something right. and then uh so I, I, sh- I showed her for a while and i was at a show and she tore the tendon
2: mm-hmm.
1: off the back of her off the back of her hawk and uh that was a that I yeah i don't know what it's what it's called yeah. that big main tendon that goes into their hock and uh tore it right off her hock uh, you know and and while i was running her and uh it was a career ending injury we ended up getting two babies out of her so it was it was okay uh-huh. uh, but um uh, at the time I, I i was riding another four a uh, four year old and she was okay but i i guess i didn't do so hot uh-huh. and my mom was riding maybe Noble at the time and was doing okay. And she was four as well. And about two or three weeks before the MPBA championship show uh, down in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, it it was at Murfreesboro at that time. um, I started, I started riding. I, I know I went to like one show. I don't recall how I did, but I went to the MPBA show and did exhibitions and in exhibit, I did two and the first one I ran a, like a 21 something mm-hmm. on her. And, uh, and then I took her through again and I ran at like a 20.2. Oh. And at that time, that was the fastest that, that maybe Noble had, had ever clocked. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was maybe the first time I'd even clocked her on poles. And, uh, my mom was kind of aggravated, like, you know, daggone <laughs> the be- the, this kid just ran the best run his horse has ever had in exhibitions, you know, and it didn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, the next morning, um, I ran her in the youth, and I ran a 19 two, three, four, My first wow. pole run on her. Yeah. And uh, I was 14, and the horse was four, and neither one of us knew really what we were doing. It, it's pretty amazing, I think. Like, we don't have a video of it or anything i don't i don't really know yeah but you know that was before cell phone. Yeah. yeah before iphones and stuff so um, um
0: do you still have her
1: but no oh. no we we sold her and that was a that's a big mistake when you sell a horse like
0: yeah.
1: that i always say if i get another horse like that she's gonna stay around yeah, okay. but yeah um and that and that to this day is the fastest run pole run i've ever had um, wow. And that's how that's kind of how we got started. Me and her, you know, she, she really never ran a, a twenty with me. If she ran a twenty, it was really bad ground. She and and it wasn't because of me. It was the horse. I mean, she was just spectacular. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I mean,
1: I'm
0: sad that you don't have her anymore. You can't get babies. This kind of reminds Well, remind well
1: I know it, that that's the thing. You know, we you know you you get a large sum of money, and yeah, that's nice. Like, um, you can pay. You can pay. Right, yeah. um, you can pay a lot of bills, mm-hmm. but when you have a horse that good, I mean, she, she was winning uh, enough that, you know, probably in a few years she could have won that, and I don't know, I guess we knew it, but there are horses too, you know, they can they can colic and die on you at any time, and you just never know, but uh, yeah. but yeah, we got, to, I mean, I, I ran her for a long time, I ran her until she was, I think, nine years old. So I got I got to run her for five years and that was where I mean that without that horse and um uh, I would not be doing this as a job today. You know, that what we have is is really because of that horse. She was just so consistent. And and a lot of people know that horse is a pole horse, but when I went to Congress I didn't run her into pole sweeps, I ran her into barrel sweeps. Really? How,
0: why did you make that decision, then? Uh, yeah.
1: Why didn't I run her in the pole sweeps? Yeah,
0: like why did you choose the barrels in the uh, polls?
1: Well, I mean, the in 2011 she won the first go of the barrel sweeps, oh. and then uh, I got second in the second go. Ended up third in the average. That was the year that Lance and Pete tied, and I got third. Oh. So there's just there was just more money in the, in the barrel sweeps, and and like that year, for instance, we didn't baby her. I ran her seven times that year oh. at the Congress. You know. And so if I would have had her in the pole sweeps, you know, and she would have made it back in into the finals in those, that would have been 10 runs, you know, within uh 4 days, I guess. Yeah, absolutely so. I ran her I mean 7 times was probably too much, but uh, Sometimes they can pass But she was just spectacular. The
0: more that you run them, like I noticed that with some of like the older bred horses up here, like the more you run them, the better they get. I
1: don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean we tried to take care of her obviously, but um she was just tough, you know. I, I'm I'm gonna bet she was probably sore somewhere, but it didn't matter. She just was so tough and gritty, and tried hard every time. She wasn't a very big horse, so you know, I it, she 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 had to make a perfect run to be able to compete at that level, and she really made a lot of perfect runs. I mean, she was just so consistent. If I didn't ma- if if something went wrong, it was my fault, you know, being a, a goofy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, she was pretty spectacular. And I wish we still had her, but that's just how the business goes. Uh,
0: You might get her back someday. You don't know how how life is going to work out.
1: Well, I think last year it was, she uh, uh, passed away. I'm I'm not sure what happened. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's okay. That's (laughs) all right.
0: Um, dang, I feel yeah. for you now. That sucks.
1: Yeah, I know it's, but, I mean that that's, that's the horses. That's how it goes, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I know that you're like pretty big into the barrel faturities, and the NPO is mm-hmm. kind of like a a big thing down Where you're at, are there pole faturities, If so, like, is it growing?
1: Right, so the NPBA is trying to get some going for mm-hmm. sure. At at some of the bigger ones, they do have them. Like at the championship show, they have the kindergarten fraternity, which is for three year olds. Mm-hmm. I I really think that's a neat class. That's uh, I don't know. You could blow one up real quick. I think, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I have. I haven't seen many people asking too much of them. I people do a good job, but uh, that's you know, not only is it hard enough to get a four year old to be competitive but some of these 3 year olds um i i think there's been a few people run 19s on them and that's you know pretty impressive yeah um, but so so there's that one i know of I, this year they were going to start um a, like a a three part kind of like series thing or something I, I i'm not real sure but the coronavirus kind of messed that up i think mm-hmm. I, I don't think any of them have happened yet mm-hmm. I know there is there is going to be one at like the Battle for the Bluegrass down at Liberty in a few yeah. weeks. I think that's going to be the first. I, I can't remember if they were calling it like the Triple Crown or, or something. I don't. I'm. I can't quite remember.
2: Well, I'll, I'll uh, throw the.
1: I just go to their yeah, shows.
2: Yeah, and the notes.
1: Yeah, I don't try. I don't keep up with them. I'm not really involved. I just you know I go to their shows, yeah. or enter what I can. I- Roll with it. Amen.
0: Um, okay. So, um, Cameron core sent us in a question. Um, I think that uh, she we uh, might ride for her, but she said, besides your family, who is your biggest fan? <laughs>
1: it's Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. Carmen some is some good
0: owners, man.
1: Yeah. That's, well, uh, Carmen is an awesome client, but she's an awesome friend too. Yeah. Um, we've known Carmen for a long time and yeah, she is. She's a she's a great client. I got a, a really nice horse of hers right now. I've and I've had really nice ones in the past. Um the blonde and fabulous, she owned her. And uh that I won uh the junior polls and the junior barrels at Congress on. Okay. Her. So that was pretty exciting. That was Carmen's.
0: Okay.
1: Um but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I have fans. My, maybe my Rhonda Dash horse right now, she may have some
0: Yeah, fans. she's fun to watch. I don't. I've enjoyed watching her in the past.
1: Yeah. She she has so much personality. That's why I made her that Facebook page. Uh, she she just has so much personality. Um, usually, I don't get too attached to them, but... Oh, man. If if I ever did sell her, that would really break my yeah. heart. She's just she's been pretty special to me. She's a good one. But man, her personality is just so awesome. She's so friendly. Yeah. But uh, but everybody does love her, you know, and and she does well. So
0: she's
1: a- especially in polls, she really likes polls. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So we had another Instagram question come in from Bailey Lynn 17 and she wanted to know uh, what are some things that you make sure your colts can do before you start patterning them either on the girls or the pole.
1: Well, my biggest thing, well, you you know, you're wanting them to collect and you're wanting them to to give to you. Just like, I mean, I think everybody really thinks that my, I really like my horses pretty soft. A lot of times, soft in the mouth. Um, a lot of times, I'm, I start out running them in snaffle bits, mm-hmm. um, even in poles. And, and it kind of goes back to my philosophy. I, I run in a snaffle bit a lot in poles because I'm not lifting them up off the poles. You know, I'm running oh, them straight. Um, and I can handle them and they won't fight me. But uh, that, that's the thing, you know, being able to move forward and, and be collected and, and having control of them, but just, really really moving forward is really what i work on a whole lot mm-hmm. um it's it's in, more important in polls than i think a lot of people right. think well because but i i don't get i don't get too crazy with like their handle uh maybe maybe i should get, you know work on it a little more but um uh, they don't get like too too fancy broke or nothing but um I just kind of ride them, you know. I try to get them to where uh, I've got, you know, control, and I can control their body, and then it, and then, um, and then it's up to me, kind of, mm-hmm. to show them and help them along.
0: Okay. So then we had some questions come in from Morgan Marie Howard, um, and she wanted to know mm-hmm. how often you work your three year olds on the pattern.
1: Okay. Pretty often. Um, Okay, so especially when I've got one that's doing good in both, Uh, you know, like, okay, so this time of year, I can ride outside our outdoor is bigger than our Mm -hmm. indoor. And so I like leave poles, basically set up in the indoor. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have the barrels outside. And so when it's dry, um, and I can ride outside, I'm riding outside on the barrels, I can get more done in that bigger, more open space. And then uh, the poles fit good in our arena. Ram. So then, if it rains or something like that in Kentucky, it seems like it rains all the time. Um, I'm working poles, um, but I, I do like. Um, I'll say um, it, even even a good one. It, it's it. I don't know that it's uh, for me how how often I work them. It's how hard you can you can overwork them. You know that day for sure, but I think you can kind of work them every day as long as you don't ask for right. too much. Uh, you know, you just show them, you know, what you want, and if they do it, then you quit, and you you know can come back the next day. And I mean, you can just do the same thing the next day. It's okay. You don't have to improve every day. Um, right. If you rush one, you're, you're it's not gonna end mm-hmm. up pretty. But I, I work them my three-year-olds often, pretty often. I'll, I'll say at least four days a week. Some, I'll, Sometimes I'll work them every day, but I'm not, I'm not drilling them in the ground for sure. Okay.
0: So um, she also wanted to know how you keep confidence in both yourself and your horses. And then I'm going to kind of piggyback on a Morgan's off on the, um, she kind of wanted to know, I'm going to pile you up with some questions here, but did you ever get your abilities? Okay. Um to be where you are okay. now. So they kinda of work hand in hand.
1: So apps. yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. So um especially when I was younger, I would get so nervous, you know, I would think I might forget what I was doing while I was out there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh I don't guess it ever happened, but um I would get so nervous, you know, but I don't get too nervous now. Um I you know i've got some really nice horses and they and they do good for me so and i and i ride them every day
2: mm-hmm.
1: i know i've got a good idea of what they're going to do and and uh, you should have confidence you know in in what you're doing or and your horse mm-hmm. and um you know to go in there and show you, you like um I ride them every day. And so when I know, I know when I go through the gate, you know, I've got a good idea what they're going to do. And, um, I may have to make something up, you know, as I go, but that, but that's fine because, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about that. I think I'll make the right choice going in the gate because, you know, I do it every day. I, I've hopefully prepared for any, um, anything they may throw at me. And, uh, But yeah, you, you should have confidence, you know, if, um, if, if you're not confident in something, you know, have, have somebody help you, you know, that they may help your confidence, um, or just whatever, whatever may be giving you trouble, you know, um, just if you could focus on that, you know, if, if something's scaring you, um, you're going to probably get in trouble. It's probably going to hurt you more than it just being mental, Mm -hmm. you know? I think a big part of our sport is is mental, you know uh, if you're not mentally in the game, you know you're gonna mm-hmm. struggle
0: um so you mentioned like you you make stuff up as you go so what are like how do you feel <laughs> that? like I know like when running the one horse that I have because I don't have multiple to run right now. Like, I know kind of what he's going to do. Is it the same thing as just you rode the horse, you know what they're going to do? Or is there, like, I don't know how to say it, but, like, the feel when you're running that's kind of giving you a step a step up. Like, you know what they're going to do. Does that make sense?
1: Right. Well, you know, I work all my horses similar, but then every horse right. is different. So, uh, so when I'm going to run them, you know, I'm thinking of going – Kind of to a particular spot just by habit, you know, just because that's just how I think about it or whatever. But each horse is different, so you know, before you go in, I really try to think about you know that horse or whatever. And okay, all right, so what? So what about that? So like one?
0: with so what I was kind of thinking of is like, like your oh shit, like when you can feel like on my one horse, like he really wants to work. He wants to get up in that barrel and he kind of sucks up into it. Um, so you know, before, and I'm going to relate this back to my old relationship for a minute, like my fiance was not very supportive of me running him at all. So I lost like complete confidence in what I could do on him. And, you know, since going out and doing stuff all on my own, um, like I've gained that confidence, but I've remembered that the outside rain is there for like my, oh shit, because he runs in a hackamore. I can't pick him up. He's right. going to turn if I ever just pull up on that rain. So, like, I grab the outside rain and I don't really think about it. So, I guess what I was likening that to like, in a yeah. pull run, like, you have that ocean? We kind of talked about it being the outside rain, but is right. there something else that, like really drives right. you in that moment to be like, shit, I need to like move right now? Like, what, what's that cue to you? What does it feel like?
1: Um, so, when I'm using like the outside rain i'm thinking of a more Mm -hmm. go forward like you know you're either you're going into the pole too soon or you're going into the barrel too soon um you don't want to do it all the time because you're gonna make a bad habit but um but in a run yeah i mean you know i'll do it you don't want to you want to do it as little as you can get away with um and i work mine so much on kind of being straight and moving forward. So then I think when they feel that, you know, that's their reaction mm-hmm. is, is to move forward. Okay. Hopefully.
0: But like you feel them like um, pushing in like, like in a, let's just like in a, the barrels, um, like you feel them moving and so you just automatically go right there. And you're like, okay. I need to right
1: well, so one of my, one of my big things, that, that I really try to focus on with myself is where my body weight mm-hmm. is at. So if you if you know you're kind of on a, a horse that wants to shut down or that's ready and it's going to get in on you, um, try to keep your weight out because as soon as you get your weight mm-hmm. in and, and if you look at the barrel or something, well, that ready horse is probably going to knock. Like, it's going to go right into it. And so, you know, as I'm using maybe, maybe a little bit of outside rein, I'm also trying to step okay. my weight out and Mm -hmm. lean out maybe not necessarily like lean out like but just you know your butt your butt's maybe not right in the middle of the saddle it's just a little off to the outside and and like all my weight may be in that outside Mm -hmm. stirrup you know and then i'm using that outside hand to to hold the horse out just a little bit and that'll keep them moving forward you know as soon you may not know it but your hips drop in a little bit or whatever well that well your weight's on the inside and you know your, your if you know your horse is wanting to turn too soon, you're just letting it go, kind of. And and that's the same thing in the weave, like mm-hmm. in the poles, um, using the outside rein and things. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, you you at least want to be in the center. Uh, once you start like leaning into some of those weave poles, you're you're going to be wow. in bad shape. Uh, you're probably going to knock. And so you know if you can almost keep your weight out a little bit at every pole, that'll keep your horse yeah. honest and keeping them up you know moving forward nice kind of works the same way mm-hmm. um, I, I really don't view holes and barrels Differently. any yeah. different you know I, they really no I really don't you know the, we, the weave I don't even worry about the weave the weave is uh, a struggle for the person the rider for some I don't understand why horses take to weaving poles so well but it seems like you know a week of teaching them the poles they got the weave like it's just they, they take to it so well, or mine do. I, uh, so you, you don't see a horse in a run missing Definitely. poles, you know. Like when you when somebody's running and they're having some trouble, it's because their horse is wanting to cross too soon. You know, horses just pick up on weaving so, so easy, and the people are, are fighting them, you know, trying to get them not to weave. So you know your horse is going to weave. Like mine are the same way. They're going right. to cross. Um, I, don't, I don't know how they understand it so well but they do so shove them forward you know that's that's the, that's the fastest way they're gonna they're gonna weave you don't have to worry about them skipping the, the next bowl you know they because they're gonna weave no matter what you know usually you're holding them off so just shove them forward and,
0: so I'm gonna move on to some kind of more barrel questions um, from the groundwork okay. to finally getting to enter a fraternity on a horse that you have trained. What is your favorite thing to train?
1: What what like what steps? My like, um, do
0: you enjoy patterning them more? Do you enjoy breaking them out, getting them to lift circles? Mm. Like, I I really like the process. I like all of it myself. Right.
1: right, I do like the process. It's very rewarding when the end result, you know, you mm-hmm. succeed on. But I don't like breaking them. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a wuss. I don't like getting thrown. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I think when you fool with horses, they're gonna hurt you one day. And a, and a breaking a two year old, that's you know your highest odds right there mm-hmm. of getting hurt. Uh, don't love it. Try not to, yeah. but I do. so I do break them. Some. Um, I, I would say my favorite part is probably once you're you're confident they're not gonna throw you or do something stupid yeah. maybe maybe you maybe you've been riding them for two months or so so from the the two months to the whole like getting to the exhibition them you know the the giving them a nice handle and then starting them on the barrels they'll you know they'll they'll pick it up right. pretty quick uh, usually on the drills but uh, and that's fun to me that's my favorite part I, I think um, the, the fresh, the, the whole really thinking part and the frustrating part is when you're starting to exhibition them, you're going different mm-hmm. places. They do mess up. Uh, me, myself, I probably overthink what's going on and then I probably go back and probably tune on them too much or whatever when I get right. back home. Um, but, uh, but then the, the competing though, I mean, that's, That's where it's at. That's the funnest part. When you've, when you have made one and it can go in there and, and maybe not even win, but just look respectable and do a good job and uh, easy to ride. And it's just a nice, you've made a nice horse, um, is a a really Mm -hmm. good feeling.
0: Um, so how do you determine when your horse is ready to go to a show? Like what is like your deciding factor for that?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, most of these that I'm taking to shows, um, I've probably had as a three-year-old, so I've been exhibitioning them. Mm -hmm. I know where they're at. Um, I don't want to put a horse in a, in a situation where it's gonna fail, you know, at a show. If it's not, you know, if I can't, if if I'm not confident in it at home or even like in an exhibition, then it, it probably doesn't need to be run, um it's not good probably for the horse it's not good for my business to go out there Mm -hmm. and look bad you know too Um and uh so when i finally feel confident that i can the horse doesn't have to win but if it can just go in there and and uh do good for it and you know have a nice just Mm -hmm. work nice then that's probably when i'll yeah and it depends on how many i've got if i um I don't do well with running a whole bunch. I, I've had times where I've yeah. ran too many. And if I can, if it, honestly, if I can keep like three or four, like running three or four, I'll do okay. Once I start getting over four to like five or six, or I've run seven and stuff before, and, and it's just bang, bang, bang. I don't know if it's just because I get tired or I just can't focus very well. I, I don't do great. I'll you know it'll hurt me on the ones that are really good if I if I just were to leave maybe some of the lesser ones at home I would have probably done better on my best ones so I try not to take too many to a show um and that's just that's that's me I think just not overdoing it if I overdo it I don't ride good I mean
0: you gotta know yourself but you're in the best situation
1: just like 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 some of the like Marnie and stuff Mm ride so many you know and um uh, I mean that's awesome for her. I would I, mean I see her working her butt off, but I boy <laughs> I would just do awful. You know, I just just it would it would be a disaster. I oh, think yeah. so.
0: Um okay. So throughout time, who has been the one person that always sends you running to the fence to watch?
1: Mm. Um Troy for sure. Troy Kerman. I I've always looked up to him, you know, just cause he, I saw him a lot, you know, kind of being mm-hmm. in the same area and then, uh, and he, I mean, he won. If he was there, he won, you know, and, um, and I try to, to do things, you know, that Troy does kind of, you know, but, uh, I don't think anybody can quite mm-hmm. like Troy, yeah. but, um, Always love watching Troy ride. And then uh, somebody else is Janice Mm -hmm. Wagner. Janice is pretty awesome. Um, So I I got to see Janice a lot, especially as a kid. And uh, just tough. And and somebody that did both, you know, she would win win both, poles and barrels. And uh, Janice, you know, is known for sticking her horse right on the barrel and and turning with the wrong Mm -hmm. hand and putting her hand on top of the barrel and keeping it up, you know, and it's, and, and when she does it, it's like, she doesn't get out of position, you know, her body's good. She's lost her stirrups. Her stirrups are flopping around and, uh, and then she goes in there and kicks everybody's butt, you know? And, uh, and I've definitely tried to be like Janice too. And, uh, nobody can ride like Janice either, you know, uh, she's awesome she can grab poles and do that like like on that maybe noble horse i would try to reach down and grab the barrel and turn it with the wrong hand and mm-hmm. i did it a few times you know but it got me in trouble a lot more than i'd ever help me that's for sure i'm like there for sure i would fall <laughs> yeah oh. heck yeah uh,
0: okay so you i know that we talked earlier about drills and everything but do you have a drill to really make one get on their butt and like get their butt into the turn dragging their butt?
1: Um, I don't know that I have a, a, uh, a drill particular drill. I do all, all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear, I've heard, you know, Brandon and Craig and a, and a lot of people, even Troy, you know, they'll, they'll go up there and they'll stop them and, and slow them down. And you want, you want their butt to kick in. Mm And, and things like that. And I do that some, um, yeah, I'll, something that'll make them mine end up kind of mm-hmm. ready uh, most of the time. And, uh, I think something that makes them that way is I'll, I'll lope them up to the barrel and then trot them around it or whatever. And, but, um, I, I probably don't do a whole lot of drills really. I, I see the pattern, both poles and barrels as, as more of a puzzle kind of. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for the, for the second barrel to work, you know, it, it kind of depends on the first barrel. So I'm not going to like to just do something on the, on the first barrel, you know, or just, just to going to the right. um, It doesn't really help me teach them to set up for the second barrel, you know, like, you know, I'll teach them, I'll teach them to, you know, maybe at a trot or just a slow lope to like overturn the first barrel. And then. When you straighten them back up for the second barrel, they'll they'll usually switch their lead mm-hmm. or whatever. You may have to show them at first to slow them down and get them to take that left lead, but um, they figure it out pretty quick. A, a good one does, and so mm-hmm. you know that's just part of the puzzle. I may you know so I don't I don't really drill them. I'll just kind of increase the speed. Right. You know I'll, I'll go a little faster than the first barrel. If if they overturn it, then I can just kind of touch them over with my left hand and get them straight back up and they'll you know uh, take their left lead and then I can set them up and that's how I kind of see my turns is how they how they set right. up for them um, well, I, I try to figure I, out
0: it has a lot, on yeah.
1: each horse what's the best way for it to set yeah. up
0: well I feel like a lot of it has to do with how they're broke out and how they're taught to use their bodies too so I mean the way mm-hmm. that you break one out they might mm-hmm. already naturally know how to do that where you don't need to harp on
1: it too, right? That's, well, yeah. I think that's part of it, yeah. I'm not scared. I just try to show them the pattern and show them what I want. You know, I do do drills. I do go around the barrel multiple times, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally. You know, I, I try not to get too carried away, but I do.
0: Basically, I was just going to close it out and just okay. say, um, like, did you want to say anything to anybody, like any advice that you'd like to give to people You know, that maybe started out like you?
1: Right. Um, well, I, I had a great start and, you know, my whole, Mm -hmm. my family was doing it and they knew what they were doing. And, and I had great horses as a kid. But, um, when we sold to Maybe Noble, I thought I was, you know, really good. I was probably a little too cocky and, uh, Mm. and I struggled big time. Um, I was trying to, to replicate, you know, what, what I had with that horse. And that's just, you know, you can't, you can't do things like that. And, um, I really struggled, you know, you go through a time where you do a lot of self-reflection, like maybe I'm not cut out for this, you know, I'm not doing something right. Um, and that just, Mm -hmm. that makes you, you know, that really, that toughens you up. You learn a lot and if you can push through it and figure it out, um, uh, then when you get, when you get through it, you know, you're a lot better. And, uh, right. I just kept, kept riding horses. You know, you go through times where you're like, why are people sending me horses? You know, I'm glad they are, but like, <laughs> like, I, I want to do this, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying, but, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not setting the world on fire. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, uh, do better in these. Uh, barrel fraternities and i'm learning a lot but um, you just gotta keep going after it you know there's a lot of people that'll help you out Um,
0: and that's our episode folks i can't thank william enough for taking the time to talk with us especially since he's out at fort smith preparing um, to run out there If you felt so moved by this episode, please leave us a comment or review to let us know what you thought, and we will be back next week. I haven't decided um, who our next interviewee will be, but uh, if you have any suggestions, have someone that you really want to hear from, please let me know. I'd be more than willing to reach out, and thank you to everybody who submitted questions, uh, and keep on hanging on with me through this journey. I really appreciate everybody. Thanks.